There may be trouble ahead, but while there's moonlight and music and love and romance, let's face the music and dance. Welcome to episode 13 of the Keep Dancing podcast. It's the week where suddenly everybody becomes desperate to go to Blackpool, even if they've had plenty of opportunities to visit the Golden Mile before and turn them all down. Everyone's bringing out their most technical tricks, lifts and gimmicks. But who's missing the Blackpool boss? Joining me tonight are Dawn. Hello. Emily. Hi. And Lisa. Hello. Okay, so in the traditional sort of pre-Blackpool desperation, I think we saw what could have been a lot of people's show dancers this week. Yeah. Yeah, mm. there was definitely a I want to get to Blackpool era yeah. wasn't there? <laughs> there was a lot of let's put in as much technical as we possibly can. Well, but then also some plain bits where they can drop it and put extra tricks in for the show dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was dense with incident. And so we'll get started. Dancing the salsa, it's the neither vicious nor malicious, just groovy and delicious Daisy Lowe and her partner Aliash. I mean, how how much more up our collective alleys could this dance have been? It was so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it was great, wasn't like, it? <laughs> you know that playlist of the damned I keep talking about? Do you like the Groove to- in the Heart is on the opposite one. It's on my playlist of just unbridled joy. All time, Yeah, the playlist of unbridled joy. Emily, that, your job for this week is to make the playlist of unbridled joy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's got some some weird and wonderful things on it, but all right. Okay, cool. Well, this this had everything for me, and also this is the second time that Daisy's opened the show. They're starting to uh, double up openers and closers. In terms mm. of opening and closing, this was an exact rerun of Musicals Week Week Three, which started with Daisy and ended with Louise. Did it? I mm. hadn't picked up on that. That's oh, the yeah. power of spreadsheeting. Yes, that's why you have the spreadsheets and I don't. I was going to say, it's funny because actually I make a comment later on, which I think I made in movie week about somebody's dance. Um, so Daisy did a salsa, which was recognisably a salsa. And it also contained some uh, totally stealable moves for party season, I think. <laughs> Like, obviously, some of the lifts are a bit beyond uh, us and anybody we dance with. But I reckon that anybody with a reasonably strong friend could dragoon them into doing that one where she was leaning forward and Aliash was twizzling her round and she was um, sort of in a sort of a semi-vogue position. That was fabulous. I loved that so much. It just, mm. I loved it. It made me so happy to watch it. And... Um, the comment from my other half while we were watching it was, "We should be more groovy." So I think I think you know that it was that it was quite an identifiable dance, wasn't it? You, you know, you felt like you could at least have a carefree bash at it. Yeah, yeah, and I think it did. It was for me a bit of um, a sort of a throwback to Sophie Ellis Bexter doing her Latin, in that it was not like a sort of a filthy party Latin. It was um, a slightly arch, ironic Latin. Mm. Lisa, you've not weighed in on this at all yet. Did you hate it? No, well, basically because I agree with everything you said. Um, what I've got written down is, you know, great leg extensions for somebody, I think, was it Darcy or Let? Somebody picked her up on, you know, mentioned this as well. Um, but for somebody who's very tall, she's, she uses all the extension of her arms and particularly her legs, which when you have someone who is quite tall, we've all seen this before, they don't quite extend all the way. They they feel a bit 
self-conscious of their slightly longer limbs, whereas Daisy really doesn't. She extends and dances right the way through to her toes, right the way through to her fingers. I thought it had great hip action, just what you want in a salsa, and some great lifts. So, yeah, I kind of agree with everything you've already said. Yep. And excellent bum wiggling as well. Immediately out of the camper van, straight into it. I thought, oh, Daisy's going to be fine this week. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. we'll come back to that, I think. Mm. <laughs> Did I imagine it? Or does Daisy's dancers seem a little slower than the other, you know, comparable dancers, but they're still really precise and full of action? Am I, am I imagining that, that? Or is there a certain amount of... Um, I don't know whether it is true that her bpms have been slightly lower than everybody else because um i know you're going to be shocked to hear this but bpm isn't actually one of the columns in the spreadsheet (gasps) i've been remiss and i'm not going back (laughs) over eight weeks to put the bpms in no right strictly 2017 (laughs) (laughs) no no i mean don't get me wrong they're still brilliant and i absolutely loved it i just it it was just one of those weird observations where i'm going this is really good but it just seems a bit slower than i'm expecting but i don't know whether that's because they're compensating and making sure it matches the moves that she can do or i don't think groove i don't think it was that much slower than the actual record version yeah. of groove is in the heart i think it might be a tactical move by aliash to make sure she's got mm. enough time to do the moves which is a good idea, playing to her strengths, which mm. is probably why it looks so fab and why I love those lifts. I thought um, costuming had done a particularly fabulous job. Um, I, I'm a big Mad Men fan, and she just looked like Megan Draper in the kind of latter end of the um, and of the series. And yeah, the hair. hair. I thought, and the little sparkles under her eyes, it made me so happy. And Alias's <laughs> tile print shirt as well. Authentically shirt. dreadful. Yes, I love that shirt. I wear it all the time. Okay. Except you'd electrocute yourself with static. And so we'll move on. <laughs> Dancing the Paso Doble, it's someone I'm not laying anywhere near my shawls, Greg Rutherford and his partner Natalie. Again, straight down my alley, like Rodrigo y Gabriela yeah. is, you know, classic essay writing music got me through quite a lot of my studies. Also, you know, fabulous for a Paso. Um, Sounds, you know, it's authentically Latin without actually having to be sort of bombastic. It's a bit more Mm. intimate. I really, 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 really enjoyed Paso. Yes, I thought it was, um, again, it was another routine that was just stuffed full of technical content and really showed off what Greg has learned. Yes, definitely. You can really see the improvement in it, in mm. what he's doing in his dancing and the confidence to come out and, and act that dance as well and to do some of those jumps. I know he's I know he is a jumper, but like it's a different sort of jumping, isn't it? And there's no sound to jump at the up end. and land. Yeah, to jump up and land in approximately the same place without, you know, a big sand pit playing at the end. That's, you know, that's cool. Well done, Greg. Oh, it was fab. He looked so angry and passionate and he didn't giggle the entire time. I'm just so proud of him. Yeah, I've gotten, I mean, again, I've got the same thing. You know, definitely he's found the actor within and he's not letting him go. I also written down fab trousers. I can't quite remember them. Oh, yeah, they were like really like super high waisted trousers. With a little corset. Yeah, it was, they they looked fab on him. I loved the knee drop thing. I know they'd made a bit of a point of that in their VT with him dropping to one knee and then leaping up and changing knees before doing that knee drag i really liked that i thought that was a great little little uh, choreography move um and yeah fabulous power and aggression sort of everything one wants in a paso really there was a lot of it in hold as i believe it was len said but i think that is because greg is your you know your actual ballroom boy and he is more comfortable in hold mm. and yeah. and why shouldn't you have lots of hold in a paso there's no, there's no reason why not to. We're just not used to it, are we? It's, that's the, that can be the wonderful battle part of it, can't it? That's the, yeah. the great beauty of it. I didn't think um, he had the snap in his hips that um, you see in a lot of passos where they really properly 
come together um, in the move. But I think the what overrode that was the the style and the the complexity of the dance itself. I thought it was fab. I also thought it was interesting because it made me realise how much changes from the Friday to the Saturday in the, again, in the costuming, um, because I was watching Fridays, it takes two, and tweeting uh, about Greg in braces. And then by the Saturday show, he'd got his little matador belt on and that wasn't part of the costume that he'd been trying on on the Friday. And I just thought that was a... And again, Daisy's dress um, changed quite significantly over overnight, basically. And you just think... They must pull some cracking all nighters in the strictly well, frock department. Well, I believe that they had Daisy's alternate underdress ready to go because, yeah, like um, when Vicky was on, it takes two on the Thursday. She did say, Thursday. "I'm not sure it's going to be this that's under it." Yeah, she did. Yeah. That's true. We we still are wanting the uh, Spring Watch and uh, Strictly collaboration, aren't we? Of the 24-hour kind of red button channel where you can just look in on the on the costume room and what's happening. That- That'd be fascinating. That's so niche. The BBC should do that. That's totally niche and BBC and wonderful. Frock watch. Exactly. Make it happen. Frock watch. Frock watch. It's it's, it's such a red button thing. They need to do it. Does the red button thing still exist? Yes. Yes. Oh, does it? Yeah. I don't know because I have special TV. (laughs) They make heavy use of it during uh, sporting events and stuff still. I watched a lot of the uh, red button Olympics. It's All not. Right. It's not an adequate substitute for CFAX either. It's. It actually manages to be, you know, three or four times slower than CFAX. Some, <laughs> some of the old information pages are still up there. It's. Yeah. It, it's not a superior technology. No. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and that was my views on CFAX. Dancing the foxtrot. It's our ideal champagne picnic companion, Robert Rinder, and his partner Oksana. Just everything, just absolutely everything. I drew another big heart on my piece of paper. <laughs> like, like seriously, everything was spot on. The dancing, the music, the storytelling, the costumes, the lighting, the flooring. And it was all made even more perfect with his grandparents in the audience. You just, I'll tell you what I felt about this one. It was so authentically Robert Rinder. It was just him. You know, he'd said on It Takes Two that he didn't have anything on his iPod, you know, before 1950 or anything like that. And I just got the sense that there was an element of authenticity about this dance for him that we haven't really seen from anybody else or from him at any other point. So, you know, my love for Judge Rinder continues. Yeah, he's got through the gimmick stages now and he's um had two dances in a row where he's been he's been allowed to be his authentic self. And yeah. both of the both of them have just been just wonderful bubbles of joy. Yeah. Long- he's made for the ballroom, isn't he? Yeah. I wonder let's see what he's got ne- what what he's got left because I don't know what he's actually got next. So he's not got many ballroom dancers left. He's got... No, he has done a lot, hasn't he? He's got the waltz and he's got the ballroom tango. Um, and then there's three sort of potentially embarrassing Latin dances he's got left. Rumba. The salsa, the samba, the rumba. But he does have an Argentine tango left, which I reckon he could give that a, a good old game stab. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing his... The Argentine tango and the rumba, possibly more than the samba and the salsa, if I'm being honest, because I think they'll have a tendency to mess about with the samba and the salsa and take him back to comedy Rob rather than dancer Rob. That's my theory. Yeah, um, it would be quite nice if he got to do his rumba to some 1950s sort of Cuban... Uh, mm. really relaxed music rather than a, sort of a contemporary ballad or something. Mm. I'm thinking of the one from Guys and Dolls. Uh, yes. Oh, I was thinking, um, yes. Of the same one and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> it's yeah. a woman in love. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that would be wonderful. Fabulous. Especially if he makes it to musicals week in week 11. Maybe maybe we ought to tweet him about this just, just in case he's not considered it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, whatever happens in my head now, Rob and Oksana are dancing in a bar in Old Havana to a song from Guys and Dolls. 
Amazing. Oh, I think they, oh, yeah. Really, they all need to listen to our podcast for their for inspiration. <laughs> we we know. <laughs> We've got them sorted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it just depends whether or not Robert features in their plans as far ahead as week 11. I'd like mm. him to. I, I think, yeah. He features in my plans for pretty much the rest of my life, if I'm being honest. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you will find a way to talk about him every single week. Oh, pretty much, I will find a way to do that. At some point, I actually need to watch his show on <gasps> television. I haven't done that yet. Um, but yes, the... The dance, it was just so delightful and his footwork was very detailed. The little, the little like, um, stationary trot they did in the middle yes. was wonderful. That made me smile. I thought it was a lovely move. Are you talking and about then the, when... the picking up lots of forget-me-nots bit? Because I thought that yeah. was so cute. And then going to this big sweeping steps afterwards. I, I really like that. So you had this little mini shuffle step and then just going right across the floor. Well done, Robert. Well done. Beautiful stuff. Thank you. And the sass with Craig afterwards. (laughs) I love how much he flirts with Craig. It makes me so happy. (laughs) Love it. Although he did seem... Craig seemed genuinely angry by it today, though, didn't he? No. No. No, he's just acting. Rob's married anyway, so he's not actually flirting with him. (laughs) I I do wonder what Rob's husband thinks of all this. Like, I'd love to know what his opinions are on, on seeing Rob do this thing completely different than, you know, he's done before. Yeah, because we've not seen Rob's husband at all. In, no, not at all. Yeah. And you usually do get to see the husband, wife, partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, at some point, don't you? You know, we saw Greg's kid last week and the lovely Susie. Um, so, yeah, it would be nice to see Seth, I think his husband's name is. Have we had a gay contestant have their other half on one of the VTs yet? At all, ever, in Strictly. Oh, that's a good question. Let me just have a look at the casting uh, and see when that was last possible. Russell Grant, did his partner come on? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. That was a long time ago. I don't know either. That's a while ago. Oh, Russell and Flavia. Oh, I remember that. They were fabulous. Oh, being fired out of a cannon. I mean, that's a Strictly moment never to be forgotten or repeated <laughs> we can probably assume that it's not a deliberate policy on no no I, the BBC I, to not... I just wondered if it was something that had just not happened yet it would be a bit not sad like a... if it hadn't happened yet it would wouldn't it yeah i think they have a vague recollection of showing somebody in the audience thinking about rob's other half i don't know what he looks like to uh he could be just a deeply private individual which is mm-hmm. fair enough yeah yeah. Um, anyway, oh, Rob. Hooray for Rob. It was lovely. Maybe we'll see Rob's husband in Blackpool. <gasps> I hope so. It'd be nice to see him. Yeah. Partly because I'm curious to know what he looks yeah. like. <laughs> and his best mate, Benedict Cumberbatch. It'd be quite nice yeah. for him to yes. rock up at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it, BBC? Get that booking sorted. <laughs> Dancing the rumba giving us a full ronde with apparently arms coming out of his back, Ore Aduba and his partner Joanne. Another contemporary uh, take on the rumba. Um, nice bit of John Legend. Back being bored by the rumba. Oh, mm. Mm. It's a rumba. It's good rumba, but it was a rumba. I thought that he did extremely well. He really committed to a routine that was maybe a bit slight. Yeah. We're back to the problem with the rumba being that quite often there's just not a lot to do no you're a bit limited aren't you with where you can go with it you can't you can't do cartwheels and lifts and tricks Mm. and you can't come in from the ceiling on a harness and you can't you know you're sort of oh no wait rob did that didn't he no that was a passive um you know you're you're a bit limited with with a rumba which is why actually i thought when daisy and alias did their rumba which was a few weeks ago now actually physically limiting the stage with that circle of light was really quite clever. I've thought that more since seeing other people's rumbas in that the audience is then not focused on you being a rumbering couple in the middle of a large dance floor. It's all very, very much more focused. So I thought that was, I've been thinking more and more that that was a genius move, but that was from weeks ago. We can't go back and re-podcast it. But anyway, um, I thought the lighting for this was lovely. I loved the blue lighting, just the whole way that they had set the studio for this rumba was really lovely. 
Uh, so kudos to the lighting guys again, or girls, whoever. Um, and I thought that was, it was really lovely, Joanne's navy blue dress. I loved the blue colour yes. story that went around the stars. So it was really, really classy, classic, elegant. Yeah, nice, soft, romantic rumba. And and I totally get what Darcy said about his arms coming from his back. They absolutely did. You know, he was absolutely at full, full arm extension, not just to the ends on the finger ends, but his on the other ends of your arms where they actually meet your body. That he was using that as well, which was great. Good armography. Yeah, the sort of um, fluidity and lyrical motions that he did. I couldn't imagine any of the other men still in the contest not even Danny really achieving no. that kind of uh, sort of strength and softness at the same time. Yeah, it definitely had a really nice lyrical quality to it. I like this. I know you're saying that, that you didn't, you were a bit bored with it. I, I actually really quite liked it. I thought it was quite nice. I have a question. It's not about this rumba though. Was it Greg and Natalie who came in on a wire? Or Natalie who came in on a wire for their rumba? Halloween week. Oh, yeah, Natalie came in on a wire. Oh, yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah, but that was one of our sort of all-time great weirdo bizarro rumbas. Yeah, and it was Halloween, so it doesn't count. Everyone can come in on a wire or go out on the wire on Halloween. Or Heelys. Heelys. Yeah. Don't suggest that Ed might do it. Uh, Well, I mean, they've already given away Ed's gimmick for next week. Anyway, we'll get on to that uh, very shortly. But no, Lisa, I think that it's one of these things where, where the judges' comments were overly negative. It was an enjoyable rumba, but it was back to just being a rumba. Yeah, but it was just a good rumba, not just a rumba. It was a good rumba. I wasn't, like, excruciatingly embarrassed by it. I just find them a bit dull. And I'm not even that bothered about flicks and tricks. Like, I really enjoy watching the foxtrot, and that is one of the dancers with the fewest moves possible. But... I tend to find the song choices are a bit not my taste, I suppose. What would you um, do a rumba to, Emily? Go um, on, which Manic Street Preachers song could you do a rumba to? <laughs> do you know what? As much as I love the Manics, I don't think I'd pick a rumba for one. Um, what, about the no, Manics, what about the Manics version of Suicide is Painless for a rumba? That's wonderful, yeah. Yeah, wow. Right, okay, we're, as... we're picking a lot of interesting songs for rumbas today. Lisa... No, I've got I've got one just to carry on our little Eurovision uh, strictly uh, you know crossover. I think the winner this year, Jamala's 1944, would make a really nice rumba, don't you think? Oh yeah, that kind of down in the depths kind of beat rhythm thing that she's got going on. And I think you could probably also just wear Jamala's performance dress to do the rumba. Yeah, as that well. gorgeous navy. That navy blue thing, Joanne almost wore it. In fact, yes, <laughs> that's, you've got it. That's why you both really like that dress. And I've got my song. My song would be Fleetwood Mac's Need Your Love So Bad. Oh. You see, that would be a nice it, song. It's not in 4-4, though. No, it's not. And Dave Arch and his wonderful picture might not quite get the groove in it, but... You know, you should do something that is uh, Dave Arch and his wonderful orchestra orchestra proof. Speaking yeah. of which, dancing the possibly salsa, it's someone for whom Dave Arch and his wonderful orchestra learned Korean. It's Ed Balls and his partner Katya. Okay, the first thing I have written down is that was absolute proof that nobody can cover that song. That song belongs to size <laughs> and is size alone. No one should ever, must never, cannot cover that song. Well, never, you know, ever, ever do it again. I didn't. Anyway, I'd on. sort of, I'd, I'd registered on Tuesday. You know, when they put the songs up. Oh, oh, he's going to be dancing to Gangnam Style. But it didn't occur to me until Saturday night that, oh. <laughs> Someone had to sing it. <laughs> yeah, Gangnam Style's in Korean. Yeah. And it, oh, there's, there's no good outcome for this. No, no, it was always going to be a car crash, wasn't it? From the moment they announced that that was the song. Oh, but it's going to be, a, it was a sufficiently attention-grabbing, uh, you know, gift-generating car crash to get Ed sailing through to the next round see i've got one word written down and that's genius because 
they chose the most hilarious moves and the steps to hide the fact he's got no hip action. Well, no, that... he's, his hip action is erratic. You know, it's sometimes there when we wish it wasn't. <laughs> well, yes, that's that. But I mean, like all the, like, the shimmy oh. steps and everything were there just to cover up the fact that he... Yeah, I mean, he, he did like 12 bars of actual salsa yeah. in the course of two, uh, a minute and a half. Um, Emily, are you able to speak? I'll repeat no. what I said on Twitter. There is a special circle of hell reserved for people that vote to keep that in. This is the conversation that we had last week, and I distinctly remember saying, I think there is another person, probably Daisy or Greg, to be sacrificed before Ed goes. Mm. So, you know, I don't want to announce that I have the gift of prophecy, but <laughs> I do think that probably next week will be Ed's departure. Mm. And I actually think that will be about the right time. You need to have the comedy in for a while. But as soon as you start, as soon as it gets to this point where too many have gone, the Great British public are not daft. They, they, they do stop voting at some point. Yes, but have we not had enough of experts? Well, I Emma. why why have they done that? Why did I why did I have to watch that on a show that I really like? Poor catcher. Yeah, oh, no, not spun around on the floor though. I don't get it. There's this weird obsession with her crouching and being spun around. Because it's easy for Ed to do. Yeah, it's easy and it draws his attention away from Ed, and he's appalling dancing. He he yeah. improved last week. I was I felt comfortable with the dance he did it was funny but it wasn't too much like oh I'm silly and I just this was Speech. do you know I just, I just it's made me upset more than anything else oh, the problem I've got like looking at the actual dancing and the, the sort of eight arguably 12 bars of actual salsa in that routine um they were very it was very stompy, wasn't it? It wasn't like a yeah. natural, like through through the floor with the balls of your feet, as you would want a salsa to be. It was very kind of stompy. It was like he was doing a line dance and he was just getting yeah. through the line dance parts until he could do the next trick. And yes, I exactly. Think, yeah, the amount of tricks in it had probably just r ruined his concentration for actually being able to do the basic. Yeah, I think that's right. I actually think a bit more, a bit more basic in it, and the basic would have been better because he would have had to have spent more time practicing basic salsa during the week and not figuring out how to flick Katia around or or whatever. So that would have been good because we do know one thing we know about Ed Balls. Like I'm going to try and be sensible. One thing we do know about him is he doesn't have a problem keeping up. He doesn't ever drag behind Katia. And he does have very good timing. He can he can absolutely hit the timings that he needs to. So it, it, if it's he's not in a, hold, and I'm not. We've seen him doing things side by side with Katia and always hitting the timing right. I think he's, you know, if that much he's got right, he he's got it. Um, so a bit more time to actually work on the salsa moves. I think actually. I mean, it still would have been a car crash because he had Gangnam Style, but it would have been possibly a car crash that wasn't a total write-off. It might have had some insurance redeemability about it, uh, but this one really didn't. One thing I really liked, though, which I did think was fun, was the ending where he kind of went through Cutty's legs. I thought that was kind of quite I fun. think that is straight out of the actual Psy Gangnam Style choreography, though. Is it? Yeah. It's been a yeah. while since that song came out. I don't remember it. I hope his book sales are worth it. Oh, I think they will be now, won't they? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's I mean, that's what he's doing it stuff. for, isn't it? Yeah. So, good on him. Promoting, Whatever. Promoting the book. Sell your book. Get off my screen. So, <laughs> so basically, Ed coming halfway through the dancers divided the show into two halves. And I think you can basically consider everything before Ed as... Uh, dancers that the producers have for now and don't think they'll have in the final. And everything after Ed is dancers they think they're going to have in the final. Yes. Yeah. So next week is either going to be Greg or Ed. And I it's going to have to be Ed in it. 
Well, I think it, yeah, I think I think next week Ed will finally be in his first dance off because there isn't really anybody else who can be in the dance off against him. Or you know, there's no one else that could be a third person for the dance off now. So the dance off next week kind of has to be unless unless any major, you know, craziness happens, it has to be Ed in the dance off probably with Greg. Yeah, and the judges are not going to put Ed in ahead of Greg. Not at this stage of the game. So we, we kind of have to look for them actually really protecting the last two women in the contest. Mm. Yeah. See, I think Claudia might be up for the dance off at some point because she seems to be the one who she's very good, but I don't know how good her support. No, I think she's raking is. it in, isn't she? Because she's young and cute and, and an Olympian and they, you know, generally generate a lot of support. However she's danced, she's never been in the dance-off. And so I think no. her, her support is actually strong, even though I can't quite gauge what demographic it is. I think it's, I, honestly, I think it's all the girls who are in gymnastic clubs up and down the country and their families. And I think it's the gymnastics community behind her voting for her. Like I said before, not that they shouldn't be voting for her because she's a great little dancer. Um, but I do think that that's where the majority of her demographic is coming from. And then Greg is getting all the other Olympians who don't really follow the gymnasts because they think it's just poncy girls with ribbons on mats. <laughs> so, you know, that's where that's where I think the, the split has come in the, in the Olympian vote. Do you know, I think you could be right because I took a look at the YouGov... Um, stats for who's voting for who and i thought that claudia's yeah, vote was I, sort of flat across the age ranges but if it yeah. is mainly under 18s who can't be polled by yougov who are voting yeah. for her then yeah. that's where her vote's coming from i think that's exactly i, I looked at that yougov poll as well I think, I think that's where her vote's coming from all the teenagers who are in their gymnast clubs up and down the country hoping one day to be claudia and to be at the Olympics and potentially on Strictly. So. Yeah. Well, seeing as we're already talking so much about Claudia, how's about we move on to her dance? Dancing the Viennese Waltz and showing up how little music in 3-4 has been released since 2000, it's Claudia Fragapani and her partner, AJ. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's a good statement. <laughs> I mean, having to go all the way back to... Quite. Um, I don't know if this one was even a single. This Kelly Clarkson song. I think it might yeah, have been was. on. A, was it on a film soundtrack as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was from a film, but it definitely was a single. Yeah. It made me think. But it was a. It made me think of a sort of a climactic prom scene in Dawson's Creek or something. Showing my age. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was something like that. But it was a grown-up dance. It was like a. An adult dance. There was no reference to being a child in it at all. Yeah, nor in the VT running into it, which was lovely. Uh, maybe they are listening to the podcast and they've taken a one message that we've repeated every week. <laughs> but it was lovely. It could just show how beautifully she could dance without having all the weird little gimmicks around making her look like a teenager. Yeah, quite often the Viennese Waltz is a good one for just, uh, you know, pure technique. I yeah. enjoyed it so much after the horror that had preceded it. Yeah, it was it was lovely. I did. Now, don't shoot me, people on the podcast. I did think <laughs> it was just a little bit dull, but only compared to the other Viennese Waltzes that we've seen. Because in my mind, I've still got Danny and Oti. That beautiful one from... Who did that? Oh, gosh, I can't remember it now. What was it, too? And Stacey and Brendan did one to a thousand years. That's, That's the one. one. I liked yes. that. I thought that was lovely. Um, anyway, what I'm saying is, compared to other Viennese waltzes that we've seen so far this series, I thought this was lovely, but not quite as interesting. <laughs> it was I very think. safe. It was very, yeah. yes, very safe. That's very true. I, I'm so glad the producers put it, put it where they did. It, it, I needed safety. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably yeah. not an accident. <laughs> well, everything before Ed Balls is sort of designed to fall out of your memory as soon as Ed has danced. And then you start again with the ramp up to the finale. Yeah, that's true. So this yeah. was a, a very well-programmed variety show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I've, I've just Googled the song. Safe? from... 
It's from the Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement. Oh, so Anne now Hathaway. Go, oh, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. I, I want Anne Hathaway to do another wry comedy where she gets to wear fantastic frocks. <laughs> I'd like Anne Hathaway to do Strictly. <gasps> wow. How amazing would that be? Not Dancing with the Stars in America, Strictly over here. That Anne, has to be if you're listening, the chances of her listening are very small. But Anne, if you're listening, please, please come and do it. Yes, please. You say it was safe, but I think there was a certain the moves that she did do. I think she did so well. Like there's one the, the falling spin that they did at the end. I normally hate that weirdest moves in ballroom, but they pulled it off just so well that I think that's what stuck in my mind. That although it was there isn't a lot you could do with the Viennese waltz. I think it was really graceful. Yes. I think it was, yeah, relative safety, wasn't it? That's the thing. It felt safe mm. after what we'd all just... Well, actually... <laughs> witnessed. So didn't AJ get a bit of stick last week for um, not showing Claudia off enough? For maybe drawing too much attention to himself? Was that AJ who got that comment? One of the many people that's had that comment so far this series... Yeah. Um, but you know, yes. th- there were there was no um, extra choreographed faffing about that could be that could be used to further that argument. So it was, so safe is a loaded word, but it was safe from that accusation. Safer than we actually play it. It was um, Giovanni, wasn't it? Yeah, we got that comment. Oh right. Uh, yeah. So AJ had it two weeks ago. Giovanni got it last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, AJ was uh, drawing too much attention to himself during the American Smooth. Lisa? Well, he was saying about not much faffing about. I'm just looking back over the dances for this week. We didn't have a prop, did we, this week? <gasps> no one had anything in their hands. Nothing yes. Proppy. Apart from no, a, we fan, did. a pair of fans. Louise had some fans. Oh, Louise had a pair of fans. But that, like that really stuck in your memory, right? Apart from that. Apart from Louise's fans, there weren't any sort of superfluous to requirement pointless props. Well, I mean, you could consider AJ's uh, romantic bench swing superfluous. I sort of of consider that set dressing rather than prop. It's it's starting and ending position, isn't it, when they have tables and chairs? It's start and end. I don't mind a table and a chair. I don't like a sort of there was a <laughs> rucksack prop. or oversized broom or something stupid that makes no sense. Emily, there were props. What was the what was the prop? Danny and Otis dance. The uh, payphone and the suitcase. The third through the grapevine. Oh yeah. Wow. All right. Never mind. Oh yeah. So yeah. there's that theory gone. Sorry, yeah, but it was minimal this week. They hadn't been to the big prop warehouse. That's because yeah. that's because no. everything in the big prop warehouse has been driven up to Blackpool in a, in seven <laughs> articulated lorries. <gasps> or children in need have borrowed it for their various uh, sketches and skits that are going to happen next week. <laughs> Between the, the two shows next week, wow, that big prop warehouse is looking empty. <laughs> All that's left in there is the dragon because it was, uh, <laughs> the dragon in massive life on tower. warehouse with it. A- medium-sized dragon in the middle of it and, a, <laughs> and Leslie and Anton's gold sofa <laughs> oh dear um, that big prop warehouse is actually on site at Elstree it turns out so they only, oh. have, they only have to drive it around the corner but oh. seven articulated oh. lorries full of tat going to Blackpool <laughs> <laughs> there will be so people get on the M6 and block the prop <laughs> we want disco balls they must be easy to spot they must be like shedding glitter <laughs> you would think there's like trail of glitter up the M6 <laughs> or feathers oh right okay there's some thoughts to conjure with um, going from something that we accused of safe to something that was filled with danger. Dancing the Argentine tango and performing a series of gan shows that would give MC Escher a headache, it's Danny Mac and his partner, Oti. Wow. Yeah, those gan shows were something, weren't they? Um, yeah. So, I think in this dance, Danny and Oti were the same characters as they were in their jive last week. I find him... Yeah, but... I find him very believable as a just past clean cut sort of 1950s movie star or, you know, beat pop star. Yeah, 
I can see that. They're also the same characters as they were in their um, argument rumba, was it? They did a rumba about where they started off at the dresser. Nope, only me in that's remembering. <laughs> in week five. Oh, well, no, that was to that that was to a Sam Smith song, so I don't think they were the same characters. Oh, so no, that was that was modern day. That was set in the modern day. Never but, mind. Yeah. Well, I really liked, and I couldn't work out where the arrangement came from, but I really liked the arrangement of Heard It Through the Grapevine. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that having having slated Dave Arch and his orchestra for Gangnam Style. They kind of redeemed themselves massively with this because this was a fabulous version of the song. Really, really loved it. If, if they want to pop into the recording studio and lay that down, I'm willing mm. to give them my 79p or 99p or whatever it is. Yeah, I would definitely buy that on iTunes, definitely. I really liked the um, fantastic mariachi horns that came in and added the sense of drama. Um, and yes, it made it actually feasible to do an Argentine tango to it. I I didn't like it that much. What did I you thought? Like I love I love the tango. It was very mesmerising. But I sort of went the opposite way to the judges, but with the same sort of comments. I've got written here that it's very precise and technically it's very very good, but it was a bit clinical. Clinical. Yeah, I just thought that it's like they had all the moves and they had had all the sort of steps to show that passion, but for some reason it just didn't. I didn't feel it. But that might just. I think that was Danny. It, it was. It had so. It was gorgeous, but yeah, maybe it's just sort of like the acting in it that it it beautiful, but I didn't feel it, and I could tell by the silence nobody agrees. <laughs> I did that on my Wi-Fi's going. We're just trying I'm, to I'm, work out how to swing it back round. Uh, Emily. <laughs> I, I'm still thinking about that amazing um, split she did for his legs. Because that's a cool move. Oh. That's, yeah. I really enjoyed that. I, I, love a, I love a tango, an Argentine tango. And I love it when it's fast and furious like that. I thought it was really well suited to the song. And I respectfully disagree. It was it was very good to see Oti uh, sort of like like she'd got quite a fast car, and uh, she was finally able to you know really take the fast car out for a spin and see what it could do. <laughs> that I, that's I think the sense I got like see exactly how much Danny can take. I thought this was kind of like Danny how we'd seen him a few weeks ago like. I'm disagreeing with the clinical thing because I didn't think it was. But you know when you know when we all first went, oh wow, Danny, that was amazing. I thought we were yeah. basically back there because it was his foot placement is perfect. I know I've said about this before. Like his foot placement is absolutely perfect, and the energy he brought to it was great. The drama was great. The music was great. I thought it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's not my dance of the week. Obviously, we'll be coming on to that. But I did really enjoy it. <laughs> but the last couple of weeks have basically been what we've said that he needed and what he would almost certainly have, which was the relative crisis of confidence. He's had a couple of weeks yeah. where things didn't go quite right um, or you know, he wasn't quite as happy as it was. And then this last two weeks has been him re-establishing himself as that he's got a, he's got a bloody charleston at blackpool though oh that's going to be charleston? amazing I thought we were done with charleston no i think he's the last one isn't he uh, yeah. yeah i think just a minute let me just check everybody's dance card the only person who won't have done a charleston after next week and i mean i don't know what greg's doing next week uh is greg so Ooh. we're down to one charleston left after uh, oh week. dear I need uh, him to I not do a Charleston wait. next week. I want him to get through. No, I can't wait to see his tra Charleston. That'll be brilliant. I can imagine he'd be really, really good at it. I think Daniel will be good at a Charleston. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I think when you were saying about OT like, finally getting to drive the fast car, I think that is going to be a wonder to behold. She's bringing a lot more uh, innovative tricks and just general concepts to Strictly um, being one of the newer... Um, dancers that actually choreograph their own dances, I believe. Yeah. Not all of them choreograph their own, do they? So, or fully. 
Yeah. And when she's really innovating. Yeah, it always Mm. is good to see something new. And OT has uh, just basically through her imaginative uh, choreography and being able to make the use of Danny's skill has shown us something new every week, basically. Hooray for OT. Hooray for Mm. OT. She is probably our favourite. Oh, we love OT. We yeah. we could be the OT fan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she just gets to play. Dancing the American Smooth, it's Britain's newest Shirley Bassey impersonator, Louise Redknapp and her partner Kevin. I drew a massive smiley face and wrote finally in big, big letters. I know um, a lot of people were saying that about her Argentine tango last week which I just still wasn't feeling. Even though I've watched it back a few times during the week, I still wasn't feeling it. This, however, I loved. I thought this finally was Louise being the... uh, This was Louise competing in Strictly. This wasn't Louise going through the moves and doing what Kevin had told her. This was Louise finally getting the sense that this is competition and she needs to compete. And she did. I love the burlesque fans. I mean, anything burlesque, I'm all over it. Um, I I love that. The only thing I did notice in it, when she had them in the beginning, there were a few moments where she had them and she didn't really have anything to do with them. So her wrist dropped a bit, which is very easy when you have fans because they're quite heavy. So your wrists naturally drop. So you have to learn to keep them upright and engaged all the time. So her fans did just slightly disengage a little bit. but that's like a really, really tiny thing. Uh, for me, this was a great dance. I loved seeing some character in Louise's face. I thought she looked great. I thought her hair was marvellous. I, I can see Emily's wanting to disagree with me, but I, I really love that dance. <laughs> Go, Emily. Oh, it's, it's from a really personal uh, angle in that I have too many magnificent links to that you know like that song is so much more than that song for me and I don't think she did it justice like you've got to have some serious power behind it to to dance to it and and I I just don't feel like she put the clout behind it um I thought I mean she danced it well and everything the, the but I thought the and I actual agree. choreography I agree was that, I agree that it, this was the first week that she actually sort of turned up yeah yeah, and I, I also agree, she danced it very well, but um, the the clout behind it was not there. In the choreography for me, it was too much froth, and that that, that song is not froth. It's it's a large sort of lower register brass sections. It's timpani. If if we were if we were judging a sort of a RuPaul thing, I would say you need more padding. Like the hips have to be bigger. <laughs> The bus has to be bigger. Um, like, I, you have to put a real sort of... Like, I've been struggling to describe it throughout the week, but you've got to have a real sort of um, feminine strength behind a, a dance to Hey Big Spender. You, I don't think you should be sort of going all hoo and coquettish, which is... It's what, not a hoo is it? It's a... It's a... It's a Hey, you, Mister. You mind if I love you? Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit more uh, than. See, uh. the only way you could describe it is with like the move. I can't really do it on um, audio podcast. Are you, you going to do some move. interpretive dance? Interpretive dance, yeah, but it's not like a hoo dance. It's a. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't it, read, I'm wearing a hoodie, so you can't see. It's the fussy like, movement does not match the dance. Uh, yeah. Really? I don't think that matches the dance at all. Ooh, no. It's too I... floppy. No. Oh, no, I disagree with that. That's I'm a fine. Big, I'm, a, I'm a big Fosse fan. The show that I'm in at the moment, we've got some sort of Fosse-inspired dance stuff going on. So when I sort of saw it being incorporated here, maybe I was just a bit more attuned to it and went, oh, yeah, I like that. It is nice. <laughs> it is nice, but I feel like... Like, Hey Big Spender is, it's a bit more ribald. It's, it's a frank song. It is not a coquettish song that hides behind its fans. It is a song that uh, 
basically drags the guy over the bar and possibly out the window. <laughs> yes, I agree, <laughs> Ellie. Well, you bunch of bubble bursters, what can I say? I still but, loved it. But it, see, was I... a, it, was, it was really nice to see, as it, I think it might have been Len that said it, Kevin choreographing a routine that doesn't star him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was and definitely... It, it, Louise was the star, that's true. Mm-hmm. And the dress was amazing and she danced it beautifully, but as I say, I just don't feel like... The, the I had song a, was a tiny small problem with the dress so obviously she was covered in <laughs> illusion netting all over her back yeah and there were yeah. some loops of beads sort of coming down her back from her shoulders and it looked like the hanger tags <laughs> it did it did yeah like, i couldn't work out what they were just a little bit a L- little bit like were the they meant tags. to be over the front i don't know I what they were meant to be but from a distance they looked like okay. the hanger tags uh, but, you know, it was so much uh, more punchy than anything we've seen from Louise before, really. Yes. I I agree with both sides of it. I think the bit, the burlesque bit at the, mid, bit there at the beginning with the fans was really awkward because it didn't have that power. You're right, she let her fans drop a little bit and it just seemed a bit clunky. But then when she actually got into the full steps, like those high kicks when she almost looks like she's dragging Kevin around the stage. I think she had that punch in certain places. And, like, she had this... And it was another little head tilt, which I know she did on purpose because they really incorporated it. That sort of, uh, like, winking, come on, this way. I think she did have it in a lot of the steps, but I think because it was almost sandwiched between two slightly awkward, floofy bits... I think that's what may be stuck in your mind a bit more. Well, she got to close the show. She got some. She got her tens. And I think, you know, it's all looking really good for Louise to run and run to the final now and probably do a really good, uh, have a really good showing in the final because she's probably got more of a likability factor in terms of votes than Danny. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see how it plays out between sort of Danny and Louise thing. Yeah. I think that Ore has kind of fallen... Yeah, we thought that Act 2 going up to Blackpool would be all about Danny versus Ore, but Ore has really sort of dropped off back into the pack. i, I tell you what killed Ore, that Charleston, in Halloween week. That, yeah. that was kind of the end of the line for him. There was sort of no coming back from that, really. Yeah, once you've, once you've irritated people with what's yeah. supposed to be your big, uh, you know, personality-displaying dance then people remember that your personality is irritating. Yeah. No, exactly. It's true. I think Ori's out of the out of the frame now. And like he's he's got no chance of uh like if he gets to the final, he can't bring back the Charleston for the final. He's got to bring back something else. Yeah. Well I think he'd do a much better other dance anyway. I mean if he brings that jive back out and improves on it. Mm, yeah. Who's gonna who's gonna care that he's not doing the Charleston? Yeah that's true. But I that was fab. I'm not sure that people will remember that jive because the Charleston kind of... But that would be the perfect reason to bring it back out, wouldn't it? it? Um, Mm. I think think if I was Ray, I would potentially be doing the... His American Smooth again. And, you know, you can make a lot of technical improvements. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We've not even had yeah. Blackpool and we're talking about yeah. people's dance selections for the final. <laughs> so we've seen all the dancers. It's time to go to the results show. So Sunday night's results show opened with the uh, now traditional Remembrance Sunday tribute. And I'm not normally one for a big sappy routine, but the story of love that endures and love that defeats fascism really got me. I had a little weep. Tears streaming down my face. Like, come on, BBC, what are you doing to me? It was the it, last thing. Yeah, it was really gorgeous. They didn't overplay it, and it was lovely. 
that it was a real life love love story as well. And then they were there at the end. I just knew they would be. You know how you know how you just know that it's going to finish with what were their names? That um Basil and Madge. Madge, you just knew that they were going to be there. Am I allowed to have this dance as my dance of the week? I mean, come on, it was just brilliant. I think what you said about it is it was really really subtle and it just proves that good dance storytelling doesn't need lots of glitter and tricks and imagery and stuff around it it just needs a good story a nice piece of music and some fabulous dancers to to tell the story and i loved that they had the narration of the story as the soundtrack that they were dancing to i mean it's just brilliant and chloe and aj did such a beautiful job they really did they really really did can we just leave it there can we just leave it on that high and that positive dance let's not talk about the rest (laughs) yeah because we had we had the bottom two that i think we basically predicted last week of daisy and greg Mm -hmm. we could see it coming in fact you could see it coming from basically the running order um and so and so it came to pass and i think that there was basically not a hair between them in the dance-off i was very surprised and i'm i'm a big greg fan but i was very surprised it went the way it did um because i thought they'd generally been more positive about daisy in the previous weeks but you know greg did do that dance better i think he did improve. Mm. Yeah, like there was a lot more attack behind of the right sort behind it in the dance-off. I think that this dance-off proves that they're definitely not... that The judges aren't definitely trying to save the women or, you know, ensure that it's an all-male final. The judges don't have a particular uh, agenda when they're, you know, making their choices for the dance-off. I was quite surprised. I actually thought they were going to save Daisy because they seem to give her a lot more positive comments than they do Greg. Yeah, yeah. Greg does get picked apart constantly where Daisy gets um, just a lot of general praise for being beautiful and graceful. Mm. <laughs> Which she is. Which she is. <laughs> yeah. Which she is, yeah. But that is her job to be beautiful and graceful. That is, And it's, it's Greg's job to jump. To jump. Yeah. So they both play to their strengths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that just basically it was one of the most predictable dance-offs with a slightly unpredictable result that we've had in a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the scoring, you know, you, you obviously obviously we take Ed out of the picture. They were the, the bottom two of the actual people who, you know, should be here at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, Ed's trying. He's very, he's <laughs> yeah, really, he's really he's trying. He's very trying. <laughs> no, he genuinely is trying. Mum um, jokes in perfect unison there. Yeah, I know. But of the sort of actual pack of contenders, shall we call it, uh, Daisy and Greg were equal at the bottom on 31. So sort of makes sense. And we know that Daisy has struggled for votes in the past. She struggled for... A, because her demographic of people who would know and support her are not probably naturally strictly watchers. So, to be honest, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all that these two were in the bottom. And I probably wasn't that surprised. Put it this way, I don't think I would have been surprised either way. If they, if it had been Greg, I'd have been, oh, yeah. If it had been Natalie, I'd have been, oh, yeah. So, I'm not sure I was that surprised yeah, I mean, there wasn't a, a gigantic gulf in class anymore. No. So it's mm. much of a muchness now. <sighs> Are we looking forward to anything particularly in Blackpool? We know that... Um, oh, do you remember that in Blackpool, Kevin had that really iconic passo with Wasserface Suzanne Reed? Yes. He's getting a... Got well, again. He's, he's, got, he's got a passo in Blackpool again with Louise mm. next weekend. Yes. He did say it was his favourite dance, though, didn't he? It is his favourite dance, because he wants to be what's-his-face from Strictly Ballroom. Oh, yeah. Well, he's already worn that exact outfit. Uh, Yeah, and did that basically that dance as well. Um, Oh, dear. 
so I don't know whether he's going for a second bite of that particular cherry um, or whether he'll, uh, I don't know, switch it up a bit. Do you think he'll play for the cheese, though? He always does. That's what I mean. That, Do you think that's what he you... exists for. I don't think Louise would be able, is going to be able to give as good Paso face as Suzanne did. No. no Suzanne's um, got no. power. I was going to say that. I'm not sure that the Paso is going to be Louise's dance. I predict okay. that she will get, what did she get this week? 37. I predict that she'll get 37 or 38 points for it, mm-hmm. even if it's a car crash, because the judges now have their rhetoric that they have to give Louise. You know, she's got to get at least 110, if not two. So I don't think it really matters what she does. She'll get high points for it. But I'm not convinced. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I said this week was great. When it was the American Smooth, but I can't see Louise delivering a paso of any kind of, you know, tell you um, sweet, or... isn't she? Tell you whose turn it is for tens next week. It's Claudia's turn for tens in her jive, and she's dancing to <gasps> Hey Ricky. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. Oh, I love that song. It's gonna be so much fun. Uh, Although apparently the addressing was a cheerleader, which makes me a little bit. Uh, dubious yeah but, but tony basil uh, was uh, uh definitely a grown woman when she was dressed as a cheerleader doing exactly hey Mickey. So it's, it's okay uh and yes unleash the gymnastic tricks <gasps> oh That's yeah amazing. i mean cloudy is basically going to come tumbling down off the top of blackpool tower into the stu- into the <laughs> dance isn't she i mean you know and if she does i will stand up in my living room and applaud <laughs> yes Right. Do you know, just a small moment I loved from the results show just before we wind it up was um, Big Claude and Little Claude getting really excited about chips. That's <laughs> a sentiment we can all get behind. Exactly. I, I, mean, I thought I hallucinated that. No, they were both getting really excited about chips. Yes, chips. <laughs> um, okay, let's get on to the serious business admin end of the show. Dance of the week. Uh, let's go Dawn. I think it has to be Claudia's Claudia's at Viennese Waltz. Okay. Emily? Daisy's dance to Groovies in the Heart. Ah, it was lovely, wasn't it? Um, Lisa? Well, tempted as I might be to give it to Rob and Oksana again. I've done that for the last two weeks, and <laughs> I'm not going to this week, but they are a very close second. Um, because she made me say, finally, uh, I, my dance of the week is Louise and Kevin. And I know you all disagree with me, but I don't care. Um, and Michelle, who can't make it tonight, said that uh, Louise's dance was her dance of the week as well. Yes, if only Michelle was here, she could agree with me. <laughs> um, my dance of the week was Danny and Oti's Argentine Tango. And again, we're not unanimous, so we don't award the award. Time to get on to the award that we do award. <laughs> award. Okay, nominations from Emily. Oh, I was hoping you'd come to me last because no. I'm still dithering. Um, I'm going to stick to my guns and say Daisy's dress. Yay! Dawn? I really like Natalie's Paso dress, even though I don't like fringe. Oh, well, I wasn't not sure. Not fringe wars again. No, I wasn't. Sh- like, I do, like, honestly, I am a fringe sympathiser, but I wasn't sure about... Uh, Natalie's cream fringe that went like slightly unflatteringly round the bomb. I thought it was a bit avant-garde and I really hope... I, I, I don't know. But Emily, you're the fringe decider, so you can decide on the fr- whether the fringe was a good idea or not. I'm vocally pro-fringe but I didn't like the fringe on Natalie's dress. Well, <gasps> we've that- got like massive upset in the fringe world here. <laughs> there must be something wrong with me when it comes to fringe. You no, we just have different opinions. It's fine. <laughs> we can all get along. Um, my, I'm not the best judge of fringes. Just you like <laughs> my nomination for uh, frock of the week. Um, so a special mention for uh, Joe's uh, homage to Jamala, um, and another special mention for the front of Louise's dress, but not the back. Uh, but yes, my dress of the week is going to have to be uh, Daisy's fabulous psychedelic Lady Miss Kia tribute. Uh, Lisa, uh, adjudicate. Yes, to decide. Um, well, I have 
some similar ones written down. Uh, I very much approved of the fringing on Natalie's uh, dress. So um, that that one had a star by it. I loved, I loved the print of Daisy's the over kind of chiffon layer over the top. And I know we'd seen it before during the week. So that had a star by it as well. I thought it was great. I really like Katia's dress. I know, I know it got a bit lost in the whole Gangnam car crash. Um, but I thought the dress was really nice. I thought the colour really suited her. It really was a, yeah, she looked fab. Um, and Louise as well, definitely was a contender. Um, but I, I have to say this week's dress of the week is uh, Joanne's navy blue dress for her rumba. Um, I thought that looked lovely. I, I Navy blue can sort of go one of two ways when it comes to like being in a studio and under lighting and stuff. But I thought that shade was lovely. I loved that it was completely like one layer of chiffon, but was heavy around the base. It had like a second layer on the bottom. I thought the color really sort of suited Joanne. I thought the style really suited her. And I thought it really complemented the dance very, very well. So. And she had a fabulous sort of slightly uh, sparkly navy eyeliner to go with it as well. Yeah. That was that yeah. made that really finished it off, made it look great. Yeah. Her whole look was was great this week. And I'm you know, I I'm openly not a massive fan of Joanne or her you know, her sort of the way that she dresses and styles dances and things. Uh, but I thought Joanne had it on the nail tonight last night whenever night it was saturday night <laughs> i did have i did have a few other little like dressy shout outs though okay go so, for it bruno's tie was fabulous that like silk tartan tie that he had on saturday fabulous beautiful darcy had definitely earrings of the week those blue i must be having a blue thing going on this week but i thought those earrings were really gorgeous and i want them and for the first time tess and claude both looked really nice on saturday so i was kind of watching nervously to see what they would come out in on Sunday and they both looked really nice. I really <laughs> loved Tess's cape. Yeah, I thought finally they're like four dresses that worked well together for the people that were in them. So a special shout out to finally whoever dresses Tess and Claude, although they all looked lovely. I was very happy. Oh, can I have a special shout out? I I really liked, it's not a dress, but I really liked Danny's outfit. I don't know why. There was just something with the whole waistcoat and rolled up shirt sleeves that pleather trim. Really, yes. That just, just I'm just going to say that again. I'm just going to say that again. Pleather trim. Pleather trim. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I don't think it was the pleather trim that did it, but it's worked in spite of the pleather trim. What's wrong with pleather trim? Pleather so trim. So much is wrong with pleather trim. Uh, pleather trim and fringing. That would just be the worst dress I think I've ever seen. I basically have that dress. Yeah, that's, 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 I don't that's retract my statement. Half my wardrobe. Uh, anyway. This is why I disappeared for two weeks. Uh, before the call descends into fringe-related chaos, let's say goodnight to Emily. Good night. Lisa. Good night. And Dawn. Good night. And good night from me, Ellie. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at keepdancingpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as at keepdancingpod, and we've got a Facebook page that you can find by searching for the Keep Dancing Podcast. Please join us in the comments. Thanks for listening. Keep dancing.